0: If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week is a little bit different of an episode, it is not my typical interview uh, of another Maker episode, so um, I guess this is me asking uh, forgiveness rather than permission. Um, from all of you awesome listeners who listen every, every week. Um, But it is a guest that I have had on the Wonder Women series, which is Sammy of Go Sammy Lee, and also uh, Sammy works with uh, Avid CNC. Um, After our initial conversation and so much around wanting both of us having a passion and wanting to see more inclusivity within the community of makers specifically um i reached out and asked sammy if she would be willing to join me again on the podcast and have a conversation specifically around how um how the maker community currently looks and how we might better um how we can be allies to um Black and brown people, Indigenous people, um, people from marginalized communities, and help them uh, help elevate their voices within the makerspace. Um, so none of neither one of us uh, proclaimed to be experts by any means on any of this topic, but we did. Um, it's a good conversation, and. I, I guess I'll leave it at that, and, and I hope that you do find value in it. Um, I, I We tried really hard to make sure that there was value put in it for you. So thanks for sticking along with me uh, this week with something a little bit different for your Friday episode. Uh, don't worry, next week we'll be right back to um, our typical interview-style um, episodes. But before I hop into this conversation with Sammy, I want to give a big shout-out and thank you to the patrons over on Patreon. So, thank you, Christy of Twisted Twine, Woodworking, Christina B., Jeremy Spice, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Lauren, Rasfile Designs, Sven, Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Toolmom Bonnie, Toolmomstore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Amy, Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store, Brandy Studio Obey, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing continued support, helping me to produce two episodes a week every month. All right, with no further ado, here is my conversation with Sammy. I mean, I think, yeah, we can, we can, let's. Let's chat a bit about why I asked you to come come back and and chat. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So, I mean, to give give the background, I would say that I feel both you and I uh, are aware, are Mm self-aware in the sense of what our community of makers looks like and wanting to help, wanting to help provide uh, opportunities for other makers to shine, um, and and also to help provide resources and information so people can so can learn. Yeah, definitely.
1: I think that it is a, it's work to be done on many different avenues and many different, uh, platforms. It's something I know that you're extremely passionate about. You lift people up all the time, you know, with, through the podcast. And I think that you've created such a safe and wonderful space for, uh, makers who fall into any, uh, part of intersectionality or, um, if whether you're in a marginalized group or um, just kind of hold that space where you're not necessarily uh, feeling fully represented in in a maker community, and I think you have created a space where people can feel seen. Uh, it's something I'm I'm passionate about. Is I call it building bridges and helping to see where uh, there's a gap, you know, where there's been a lack of. Uh, support for individuals or even just trying to help connect people or people with uh, companies or people with contacts. And you can just call it networking. But if I can help uh, connect one person where I say they have a need and then I see um, another, an organization have the resources and they want to give the resources away or they want to help support um, people or makers with those resources, they just need to be able to find those those individuals. I, I like building bridges, and that's something I'm passionate about. And I think definitely when you're saying we have the awareness of it, I think it's, we can at least acknowledge our privilege and understand in in depth what privilege means. It's It's not what you've had to go through, it's what you haven't had to go mm-hmm. through. It's mm-hmm. not that we haven't, Um, had difficult experiences as women or as queer folk or whatever it's Mm -hmm. it's because we haven't had to go through those experiences at a much more complex intersection of those um of of being a person of color or being black and being a woman or being um
0: yeah, but I was gonna. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask you to re- define intersectionality. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, well, know, I, was, I know what it means, but I don't know if everybody um, listening to the podcast yeah, will have an understanding of it. Right, that's a good. That's a good thing. So
1: I, I was just rewatching um, Kimberly Crenshaw's uh, TED Talk from 2016 about intersectionality, and she coined this term. Um, it, it is really about how to explain the experience of a person who holds many identities so i think it would be uh you know we can bring up examples if you um i had there's this great uh, diagram here where there's two roads crossing and there's homophobia is one road uh road uh transphobia is another road and at the middle there's all these arrows that say uh racism xenophobia Heterosexism, sexism, ableism, classism. So if we can, uh, if you hold more than uh, one of these spaces, it's kind of the intersection of those roads where they cross and that you can be excluded for a space because of those combinations. You know, uh, if a black woman is denied a job at a company and tries to file in court saying it's because I am Black and I am a woman. The company or the court might look at the company and say, well, they hire uh, Black folks and then they also hire, or they hire Black men and then they also hire women, white women, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But they couldn't previously before this term, um, weren't able to see how that intersection, how having both those identities um, could really affect your opportunities and your ability to uh, move through the world in a safe way, you know. I think that is kind of. It, uh, I hope a decent uh, explanation mm-hmm. of the concept.
0: Yeah, I, I think that was a, a great way of of explaining it, and it and it kind of comes to, <clears throat> you know, at least in in my uh, like listening to to different. Uh, podcasts and stuff, my understanding is the more (laughs) things that get added on to that intersection, right, the harder it can be to navigate through certain uh, worlds or certain avenues, right, of Like your example was uh, a Black woman, uh, but if it was a queer Black woman or a Mm -hmm. trans Mm -hmm. Black woman, like that adds on another layer, another intersection Mm -hmm. and can make it just that much more uh, challenging.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's not, it's about being able to recognize the difficulties that our fellow, you know, folks in our community, where you know, I guess what we can focus on the maker community. Yeah. Um, that being said, we, I think I, maybe I mentioned this last time, like we can be out there, you know, protest on the street and do, um, that is so important. We need to bring more, more uh, conversations forward through that mm. narrative. And then also we need to focus on the space that we hold, whether it's, in our jobs, in our workplace, in our community. You know, when we go to a conference, you know, we need to be able to look at the panels of folks who are before us and see a representation that really looks like, you know, the the communities that we come from. So I, I think it is, we can, we need to acknowledge both of those are super important and we, we have a space here where we can uh, bring those to light within our community. And that's what right. I think you've done really well with your podcast is you've lift people up and you really uh, bring their stories forward and um, give them the platform that, you know, uh, it, they haven't had the opportunity to, to come forward and share their, their story. And you've made it into a place that is safe and people can come together and um, So we can focus, we can focus on the space that that we hold here and that we can.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is the space where I feel that I think we both feel we can affect change Mm -hmm. um, and request change. Right. Um, So I would say I, I wanted to spend some time talking around like, what are some actionable things that people could possibly do to, to, you know, if they step back and uh, like your example, okay, we, we go to a conference, we see who's talking um, on panels or who's presenting classes and how does that uh, jive with the, the world around us, right? Like, is that, do we feel that's representative? um But how do we as an individual maker who may, you know, maybe we're not very influential as far as in the content creation world, but we still want to see the demographics change of spaces like that. Like how do we affect that change or request that change or seek Mm -hmm. out and help elevate voices um, that may not be, being heard so mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to spend some time around you know talking about that i feel everyone should start with educating themselves mm-hmm. um that's first and foremost i don't want necessarily for that to be like us sitting here and like lecture style um educating oh, yeah uh, <laughs> uh, don't we're want not that here to lecture to we're just die.
1: here to talk about this and bring yeah. light to it i think yeah. as white folks you know We're mostly, you know, talking to white folks here. You know, I think that um, folks who hold a lot of this, this, um, these intersections are well aware uh, already, you know, (laughs) so we need, we're trying to focus on, on, you know, opening the door, extending the hand and saying, hey, if you want to have a conversation about this, you can sense that you're feeling something in your heart is not right. Mm -hmm. Your, your actions are taking a certain path and, and you know that maybe I need to, to course adjust here, you know, that's, that's what we really want to be able to see. And that's what Mm -hmm. we, that we have, uh, we have to do, right. Mm -hmm. Education. Yeah. And also I think diversifying the voices that you follow and the, the, the diversity of the, uh, your Instagram feed, you know, the um decolonizing your bookshelf you know how what are you what is the media you're consuming and who are the people you're looking to and watching um are you uh and i guess that kind of goes hand in hand if you're diversifying your uh the way you're educating yourself i'd say at first maybe just read and observe and Mm -hmm. don't necessarily need to engage right away. You don't necessarily need to go comment on every, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, post of uh, BLM post or something Mm -hmm. and, and give your opinion. You know, I think it's sometimes just taking and observing and trying to understand the perspective of people who have been marginalized, right? And then, you know, trying to engage with others who might not see that and understand uh, the experiences of marginalized mm-hmm. people
0: if if i was to say give me your top three favorite like resources for you know kind of opening your your, mm-hmm. your mindset around these things what would they what would they be
1: yeah i think that it I guess I follow probably a couple hundred Instagram accounts that are, you know, not necessarily related to making and they're just about, um, I I look to leaders in the community because I think that another uh, pitfall that we often fall to is ask a uh, person of color or a black person to be a spokesperson, and we kind of um, can try to make them uh, generalize their views for an entire community. So mm-hmm. the diversity of it, I think, yeah, right. Three three resources. Okay, so um, I follow Rachel Cargill. I really, I've never, you know, commented or messaged. I, I highly recommend you read a lot of um, the. Instagram accounts that I follow will also have guidelines and how you should interact on those Mm. platforms. If you hold a different space than, um, being at these intersections, like if you are a white woman, you, uh, likely should make sure to read these, uh, guidelines and and follow along, um, those and just, uh, read and consume that information. Um, Mm I find that uh, Rachel has uh, really um, excellent uh, syllabuses and um, a lot of information and articles to read um, that I really appreciate.
0: Uh, do you have any any you'd like to recommend? Um, I <clears throat> so just like I you know produce a podcast. I am a strong mm-hmm. strong uh, consumer of podcasts, uh, yeah. and so like probably my two top I have two top ones that I feel like have really really educated me just even over the last year. Um, and they're both um NPR podcasts, but Code Switch and mm-hmm. that's a good one. And Through Line, both of those um, just having I really love through line how it will say okay here's a current situation and then like takes you back in history all the way up to the present to show you Mm -hmm. that line like why are we here basically um and just a lot of good education there and then and then code switch just because um it's just because amazing podcast yes it's amazing podcast and and I think to your point like I think maybe I like that interaction because I can't put any input in it. Like I'm not even expected to necessarily mm-hmm. respond mm-hmm. to it. Right. I'm just digesting the information. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. And then there's a few, I just need to get better at reading. I'm not a big reader. So,
1: <laughs> so, so I was just going to mention here, actually, I love, audiobooks, mm-hmm. you know, for Audible, call me. Um, <laughs> so I, I love um, kind of mixing the kind of genres of books that I listen to because I'm always moving. I can't stop moving <laughs> ever. Uh, so it really helps me to just listen to something as I'm going. What I love now is a lot of times that Audible books are narrated by the author. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have the opportunity, I would highly recommend listening to some books um, I have on the other side of free freedom um, by Dre McKesson um, that really talks about the beginning of Black Lives Matter movement um, and then I also listen to books by comedians and politicians and artists and scientists and if you can look at who who are you listening to you know I have a book here it's um, see I, I have a Barack Obama I have know if you haven't listened to Becoming yet Mm -hmm. by Michelle and I have Stacey Abrams um you know I look at um you know uh, trying to look into not just one category of um career or background or experience because there's such a diversity of experiences and and there's you know as much as I think we need the labels in order to talk about it. You know, I think Kimberly Crenshaw mentions this. Uh, what did she say? You know, if we can't see a problem, then we can't fix a problem. So if we can't talk about it, you know, I think that's a, a right, a difficult thing with the mm-hmm. queer community with LBTQA plus, <laughs> you know, right. when we've, we we do not want to be held down by a label, right, or being put into a box, because maybe there are spaces within that that's overlapping. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, it's a way for us to help share and communicate it to um, folks who have not had those experiences,
0: right, Right. or even
1: to just help us identify what we're feeling.
0: Right, exactly. Um, I had a thought and I lost it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's so many different ways to go, I guess. It's it's- I was I was going to say, to me, like, when you're talking about, like, you know, listening to different, like, uh, different types of books, different, like, I'd say, like, different genres, like, where they're coming mm-hmm. from and stuff, I look at it the same way as, like, if you look at who I follow on Instagram, um, there are a lot of makers, of course, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also follow just I follow artists of all different types, like sculptural artists, um, painters, um, textile artists, interior designers. um, And then of course, a few, a few like, you know, Hollywood types and politician types, um, I'll follow too. But it's about like, trying to, I, I equate it to trying to broaden my art form by digesting other people's art forms Mm -hmm. even though it's not in wood right textiles like not in wood but i could pick up shapes or forms from how somebody Mm -hmm. else creates out of there and and then that also gives you diversification of across different cultures right a lot of people i follow too are not in the u.s like they're all over the world um and so I think it's important to make sure you diversify mm-hmm. what you're watching and listening to. Hey, makers, do you know Lauren of Rasp and File Designs? Well, if you don't, you should definitely go check out her work. You can find her on Instagram, Rasp File Designs. Lauren is making all kinds of cool furniture and home decor pieces out of live edge Uh, hardwoods and metal bases Um, that's not all she does though so you should really go check her out and see what she's up to especially as holiday seasons are coming up and I know all of us makers really enjoy making our own Christmas presents but perhaps you're running out of time so you want to maybe go check out Lauren She's in the D.C. area, so especially those who are close, uh, location-wise, to her. So go ahead, go check her out at Rasfile Designs on Instagram, and let's get back to the episode. Hey, makers! Today's episode is brought to you by Tool Mom and Company, or some of you know her as Tool Mom Bonnie. Uh, She has all kinds of tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing for all ages and genders available at toolmomstore.com. I have two of the coffee mugs. One says, go girl, and it has a circular saw with flames coming off the back, which is super sweet. And then the other one is the definition of a tool chick, which just makes you feel kind of badass when you're drinking out of it. So, if you are in the market, especially as we're getting close to Christmas, for any tool-related merchandise, be that gifts or clothing, make sure you head on over to toolmomstore.com and extra bonus, you can receive 20% off at checkout if you use the coupon code MAKERMOM. All right, let's jump back into the episode.
1: Right. I... I think also another note I have here is, is um, one thing that Kimberly uh, focus on and suggested was that we have to bear witness to the events that have occurred and will continue to occur until we can properly get far enough down the road that we've after we've adjusted our trajectory. Right. <laughs> um, bear witness to the events that perhaps um, when we'd rather look away. So we need to stop ignoring the problem and really focus on what? Why is there this um, dichotomy where there is, you know, the leaders in our community uh, where, you know, if you have a lot of YouTube followers, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, we know that everyone has worked really hard for what they have done and what they have produced, um, but maybe we can also look at who's consuming that media and maybe Uh, because a large portion of uh, the followers that have been, uh, has been a default is male, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, a lot of the way that uh, they're going to look for makers who look like them, right? And so I think it is now, if you hold that space, if you hold a, you know, a space where you have, access to your your followers who trust you who follow you for a reason you know who are um, enjoying the the genuine storytelling that you're providing on your channel you've worked really hard you've gotten to that platform and now you have to use it you have to help uh, build bridges you know and lift other people up Mm -hmm. and that is uh even though we could just you could very well just look away and say you know maybe we we'd it's not my why is it my job to fix that it's all of our jobs to fix
0: this you know so yeah i would say that the feeling i get and perhaps things i have heard that it would it's it's not secretively said you know the things that i've heard listening to other podcasts would be Mm -hmm. i have a right to do nothing or i have a right to not oh. sh- share that i'm doing something and mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i don't disagree i mean we live in the united states those are your rights <laughs> um, but it's not going to necessarily change anything if that's mm-hmm. if that's what we do and There may be some, some opening of doors and, and grabbing a hand and, and having people come through with you. I still think those people look too much like you. Mhm. Mhm. You know, those, those doors I see opening, it's like, there's still a lot that looks like you coming through it, you know, and, yeah. and. I, I'm. I'm not even going to attempt to try to say who, what it was. It, it was not a Maker podcast. It was a different podcast I was listening to. But people talking about like um, when they go to speak at conferences, right? Mm-hmm. And and. <clears throat> they get, maybe they're a black woman and they're being asked to speak on this panel. And it's because it's like, Oh, check. I've got my like diversity person up there Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) on this panel. We've got one. We're good. We don't need to get any more black women type thing. Or, you know, I've got like my gay guy. I'm good. Like I can just check that box and we're good. We got our diversity. Um, But the thing is, it's like the, 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 even the country we live in doesn't look like that, right? Yeah. The country we live in is not all white men. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we really don't need to help more white men in this space and i'm sorry i know there's white men that listen to my podcast and this is not a dig to you but it it's just the opportunity is there for you just because you're white and male and especially if you're cis heterosexual you know white male so why aren't we trying to reach out and help anybody else (laughs) yeah get into this space and I don't want to I guess I'm what I'm Mm -hmm. getting at is I don't want to hear the excuse of like we can't find them or we Mm -hmm. don't know any black makers or we don't know any queer makers or we don't know any again fill in the blank it's like well you don't know because you're not looking Mm -hmm. like it Well, thank you Kate, for
1: curating a beautiful list <laughs> for us to, to pull from now. And uh, we, you know, uh, yeah, that is, it, it is like that. You know, if you, I guess, yeah, check your privilege, see what you what you have right. access to and why, you know, it's not that you haven't worked really hard for what you have. You have, we kind of all appreciate that. Right. Um, but now that you have it, you know, it's been, can you also maybe acknowledge that it was slightly easier for you to get there than somebody else who who holds um, who is marginalized because of the way you know our uh, the systemic racism is in our country? You know,
0: I want to appreciate
1: that. For, can I ask yeah. you a
0: question, Sandy? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna ask it, but <laughs> and I'm willing to share if you don't have this moment. Sure, but. Was there, can you identify the moment when you realized you had privilege and what that felt like to you?
1: Yeah, let's see. It was probably, I think subconsciously, yeah, younger. um, Well, I mean, actually I think it was Well, I think maybe subconsciously I recognized this when I was really young, uh, or maybe maybe high school or something. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm a, you know, uh, I have a, a wonderfully diverse family. I w- grew up in a wonderfully diverse area where it was only about twenty percent white and about eighty percent Asian,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I'm a quarter Chinese, um, but I'm very. I look very white. You might be able, like once you once I tell you that I'm a quarter, you might be able to tell, but generally right. no one would ever guess. Um, at, you know, when, when I would interact, you know, go with my mom uh, someplace, she's very much, um, uh, yeah, she's half Chinese. So she uh, is often mistaken for um, uh, to be Hispanic or to be, uh native or to be um she kind of fits in everywhere we go we go and she just kind of um and but i you know i think it's like when i could recognize the way people treated her versus the way they treated me um but i think i fully woke up to it when i uh because i grew up in the silicon valley it was a very tech centric area i struggled a lot in school but i still had um Uh, my friend who's a school psychologist always says that we're promised the Ford Fiesta of educations. Like every kid in the States is promised the Ford Fiesta of educations. I got a BMW, you know, in terms of a high school education. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for that, even though I struggled to like learn because I was a different learning style than, than the way that they presented information. Um, but when I went to, uh, Savannah, Georgia, and I took a math proficiency test to test out of some classes, uh, passed it with flying colors. And it was just, I couldn't believe how easy it was for me because I'd struggled so much in, mm-hmm. in school. And, uh, and then so many of my friends didn't do well on the test and they had to take math 101 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when I really realized, wow, I had what I was given access to. I should be so grateful for that. It wasn't something I earned. It wasn't something I even necessarily deserved because we're promised Ford Fiesta, but I got the BMW anyway. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like it wasn't something that anybody deserves over any other person. You know, it was just I happened to get it because my parents happened to move to the right area in the right time before dot com boom or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and and they both grew up on farms in rural country poor and but i have privilege because of the choices that they made and their identities and my identity um in terms of how i have uh, i present and how the society mm-hmm. sees me so I, I think that was that was maybe the moment i think which is
0: sounds silly when i took a math test but uh it doesn't it doesn't sound silly i mean yeah. it's it's your experience right mm-hmm. <laughs> um I would say maybe unfortunately, like, I want to, I want to say this. I was raised in a very Christian home, um, very religious home. I'll put on top of that because to me they're different.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And I was raised like, oh, there is no color, right? You're supposed to be color type thing. Um, And I would have told you for the longest time that that was was like a good thing, right? Was that I didn't see race. Um, And and most of the time the schools we went, I went to, I moved fairly often as a kid, but most of the time um, I was always in Iowa. So it was pretty much 99.9% white. Mm Uh, Every school I went to, there was like, maybe, you know, a handful of uh, black or brown people that went there. Uh, And so it didn't really, it didn't really hit me until I was uh, in a relationship with a black woman. And it, Mm -hmm. it hit me when we were out shopping once. And I really noticed that, um, like, she was being followed around the store by by the clerk, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, well, why? Like, you know, yeah. like I didn't, it didn't even, you know. And honestly, I will say, I it, I still, I I noticed it, but I still didn't, it didn't click for me why, you know. And so, like, it was a conversation, and she was like, well, it's because I'm black um, you know, and that realization there. And for the longest time too, I would fight and say like, well, I'm discriminated against too, because I'm queer. Mm -hmm. And then I had to check that privilege because I'm like, I actually have the privilege of hiding it. That is a privilege. Mm -hmm. If I am in a space where I don't feel safe, I can hide it to a degree Mm -hmm. less now, but to a degree (laughs) I can still hide it. Um, and so just understanding, you know, if I was born black or brown, you can't hide that. Um, and so you're discriminated against from, Mm -hmm. from the moment you're born just because of the color of your skin in this country. Um, so it was definitely, it's been a journey to get, to come along to this point. Um, and it's still a journey as in the, the community that I live in and understanding like most of my family and most of the people that live around us still don't understand. If you tell them they're privileged because they're white, their gut instinct is to defend how they got to where they are Mm -hmm. because of how hard they worked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about how to reframe that conversation. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I think that that helped me with saying, you know, when I was having this conversation with my dad, um, my parents in January they were I don't know in San Diego or something went to the Women's March just it happened to be happening happening that weekend they were there and um, so they went and I think my dad was str- struggling with the conversation about uh, racial privilege versus economic privilege you know it's it's clear that uh, Black communities have been hindered in economically prospering uh, in the same way um, that white Families have uh, been able to establish more Mm -hmm. capital over more time, Um, even though this is, um, right. Not every white family has been able to do that, right? Uh, But it's saying, okay, well, Dad, how do you feel when you get pulled over? Do you feel scared for your life? No, that is white privilege. It's not about what you have had to go through, because that is challenging. You know, there was times where my grandparents could hardly put food on the table like they grew all their own food they canned all their Mm -hmm. own food like he he was the smallest he'd always get food last you know like uh but when I was able to frame it in that way I think he could really see and he's made leaps and bounds um since that conversation and we kind of just break it down into um what is it that you haven't had to experience because of the color of your skin or because of the way you present right mm-hmm. like I present very femme and so even though I I don't you know uh I can understand wanting to be like very um identifying with strong uh labels like I'm a woman I'm doing this wonder woman yeah. pose yeah. like <laughs> I love you know like I don't know I just never really bonded totally to the word woman but like I I guess I, I use she, her and um, I've started using um, they, them, but only wearing my pronoun pins that I I made because my sibling is also non-binary and um, they have a lot more, they present more fluid mm-hmm. and um, you know, I present more femme. So it just kind of in, inherently gives me the privilege of being just like, Oh, they can put me in a box immediately. Yep. And yep. I think it's about uh, another thing I really um f- try to do myself is to to break down any concept of uh assumptions. So anytime you're assuming anything about anybody, maybe just stop, take a moment, <laughs> and say, Well, why did I think that about that person? Mm-hmm. And and to be fair, I can do that um, you know, with um uh cis, White guys at a conference too, you know. Like, yep. uh, there was one um, man I I befriended and uh, at Workbench Con, and I was like, this this guy is super nice. I like this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. He's wonderful, but I of course assumed he was straight. He
0: mm-hmm.
1: he had a, a husband, and I just like he wasn't sharing it openly, you know, because right. I think he was definitely. Um, I mean, but he he wasn't hiding it either. I think right. you know, it just wasn't like. I'm going to boldly walk among all of these other cis white men and just be like, you know, because he might not feel comfortable in that. And, and I, you know, I'm constantly humbled and reminded that we can make mistakes and make adjustments. You know, I, I never said out loud, like, oh, like, is your wife blah, blah, blah. I never said that. I just, um, you know, I always try to default to more Uh, gender neutral terms like partner um, because uh, if you use the term partner whether or not um, uh, I I know that there's mixed feelings on this for for queer communities but I think it's also helps in general to um, not out people if if straight partners use that term if we can normalize that then we don't have to you know somebody doesn't have to immediately come out in the an environment like a conference, you know, if they don't want to, you know, so if you can help normalize asking what your pronouns yes. are like, Hey yeah. Katie, what's your pronouns? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, Oh, hi, I'm, I'm Sammy. Yep. I use she, her, and they, them, you know, it's just if we can normalize that when we're meeting new people, you know, I didn't ask you when I first met you, I should have, you know, I think I had actually my pronoun pins at the conference at WorkbenchCon when we met and, um or no oh yeah that or it was on my Instagram profile or something and then you you came up to me and said thank you for putting that in your bio you know yeah I just really appreciated that you know yeah well I'm rambling uh, no you're (laughs) you're good you're
0: good you're good um I'm just I'm watching time so oh yeah before we before we I like when we're talking about uh, when we're having difficult conversations, which is, mm-hmm. this is one I would consider difficult in the sense of uh, not one that we should all be having, but don't always choose to have because it's uh, scary, can be scary, right? Uh, to some. So I like to leave though with something, leave on the note of something that's concrete and actionable. And I feel like we gave, you know, we listed kind of our favorite resources yeah. uh, for, for learning, for educating. Um, is there anything that you would give us like your kind of one, one nugget beyond educating uh, into like, how do you, what's a way you could open the door for somebody else?
1: Yeah, I I think it's any way you can actively advocate for other makers who are makers of color, black makers, women makers, queer makers, and anyone who holds intersections. Um, you know, if they're if makers uh, who have disabilities, um, if we can help bring those folks to the front, you know. Even if it's an Instagram follow, if you follow them, if you share their post, there's plenty of free ways right. to help support <laughs> them. You know, you can say, oh, I, I work with this, this person, so-and-so, I work with this company and they, um, you know, I feel like this would be a great partnership, putting them in touch, giving them um, a, a boost where you can. Um, but you know, it can be as simple as an Instagram follow and a, and a share of a post, you know, I think if you can do that, it's, it's building on small actions every day. Mm -hmm. This is long and hard work and, um, we, it's a, it's lifetime work. Right. And, and I think acknowledging that just because now all of a sudden we're talking about it and we're aware of it, or white folks are talking about it and white folks are aware of it that it's, oh, we're going to solve this, no problem, we got this, dum, dum. you know, okay, <laughs> uh, the way it works, right, we nope. need to focus on each small action, and then advocating for, um, you know, uh, marginalized folks, or folks who are in marginalized communities, um, and and our, especially in our maker community, to, to help bring them to the front. See if you can help advocate, if you have a, have been on panels for, for conferences, make sure that you're going to be on a panel and there's at least two other makers of color there, you know, right. we'd uh, you know, um, I, I think, I think that would be a, a way that I might encourage for folks to. Um,
0: yeah. To I was, I was going to say similar thing with as, as far as like conferences or or speaking engagements um, <clears throat> or, or, opportunities for presenting. If, uh, you know, you pitch something, you win it or you're approached uh, to do so. Um, Just, just even asking the question of you know are there any uh uh, makers of color or women makers or queer makers who are also going to be a part of this panel um so even if you don't have somebody to bring along with you asking that question to those who are making those decisions so that maybe they're even becoming more aware that this is something they should be looking for Mm -hmm. um and then um I also just like collaborations, right? All makers love a good collab. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you just, even with times of COVID, right? I mean, we've seen with um, some uh, maker collaboration uh, competitions this year still happened, you know, stuff just had to get mailed and and all that and all that good stuff. But um, if you can find a way to collab and make it happen with, um, you know, a maker who doesn't look like you. I'll just leave it at that. Somebody who doesn't look like you um, and how you identify and start, you know, making those collaborations happen, I think would be a good way to do it as well. Plus you get new friends out of the deal. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've made more friends during COVID because thanks to the internet than ever before. <laughs> so um, I am, it, you know, it, it is about just putting it out there and, and just, there are so many wonderful, wonderful people that, um, you know, I've met just through reaching out to folks who've been on your podcast and just saying, Hey, I just like loved everything you had to say. You know, I I love your work. Thanks for, for doing that. Even just sending a message to somebody and saying, Hey, I really appreciate the things that you're doing. Uh, good job. Keep it up. You know? Yep. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, Sammy, thanks for having the, uh, the tough conversation with me and saying yes. Every day, (laughs) every day. Thank
1: you for having me. I really appreciate
0: it. All right. So again, I hope that you found value in the conversation Sammy and I had. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts around uh, this conversation. And I am always willing to have a, a, a chat with you. If there's questions you have or just something you want to discuss, I am happy to be, Um, that person. All right. Well, if you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure that you are subscribed on whatever app you listen to podcasts on. Head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review. All of that helps the algorithms know that uh, you enjoy the podcast and others may enjoy it. As well, you can check out Joining the Tribe over on Patreon. There's four different tier levels over there. And any of the tier levels gets you access to additional content, like being part of um, live podcast interviews when those happen. And um, three of the four different tiers come with different merchandise options as well. Um, so that's kind of fun. So you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash makermompodcast. Um, I did recently launch through a a new site, some swag for the podcast, both the Wonder Women series logo and the Maker Mom logo. There's t-shirts, there's face masks, there's coffee mugs, um, all kinds of fun things. Uh, so you can check that out on Instagram is probably the easiest way to find it either, um, at maker mom podcast and check out the link in the bio there hit my swag and we'll take you right there. Um and it's Christmas time. So, you know, they make great Christmas gifts too. Just just saying. Um all right. Well, when I am not interviewing and editing and making two podcast episodes a week, you can find me designing and building furniture and other home decor and currently Christmas gifts for my children over at uh, freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings across all of the social media platforms. So that's Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest, pretty much all of them. Freeman Furnishings, but I am definitely most active on TikTok and Instagram. I update those both daily with what current projects I have going on. So if you're interested in what I'm working on, you can go find me there at Freeman Furnishings. All right, it is the end of the week. We are in December of this very long year. Not gonna lie, folks, I am... (laughs) I am definitely feeling feeling the burn of burnout at this point, but I know all of you are in this with me as well, and we will keep each other going into the new year with hope of a better year. All right, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you get to make something. I hope you get to spend time with your family, and I will see you next week. Till then, see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.